0: Powering trusted identities of the world's people, places, and things. Every day, millions of people in more than 100 countries use our products and services to securely access physical and digital places. Over two billion things that need to be identified, verified, and tracked are connected through HID Global's technology. Welcome back, Don.
1: How are you doing? Oh, not bad. How have you been?
0: Good, good. So. By the way, did you finish the construction? Because hammers and, and nail guns can get kind of loud, I noticed.
1: Um, I think so. They're not here here today, so it should be quieter. We'll see. Probably be the dog that disturbs us this time.
0: <laughs> Such as life in a pandemic, right? Okay. Yeah. Last time you and I talked about identities and kind of management of those as a really a critical piece of P I M I being identity, I wanted to chat now about the A M. Portion of that acronym, the access management portion. And, you know, an observation from some of the conversations I've had is it seems like a lot of the challenges customers are having really center around the concept of, as a for instance, I have five buildings or I have five offices. Each one of those offices, the system to get into them, the physical access system, it's different in each one of those. So I've got inconsistencies across locations or policies and, you know, it feels like as the solution provider, there's something we'd be able to do to help that taking kind of from the IT world, like maybe even an abstraction layer across those that that really kind of help with uh, centralization and standardization. Is that a, am I thinking down the right path here with access management and how we alleviate some of the challenges our customers have?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's going down the right path, though. Not only is it trying to manage multiple systems and, and access their but it's even more about capturing the the approval process. Like what is the process that we go through to figure out who's meant to have access, where, why, and who authorized it?
0: Okay, so then if I'm thinking about back to five buildings, five different offices, that's probably done highly manually today. But if I'm thinking about putting it into a system that kind of centralizes that, is this an efficiency? quotient or is it more around accuracy and
1: error reduction It's both you know again efficiency is certainly part of it though at the end of the day getting faster is good it makes it makes life easier for us and it makes our jobs easier but it's really the error reduction if if you look across what we'll see typically in a system is if you're doing things manually you, you might introduce errors and maybe uh, 10% of records but it's that rate grows as you start to talk about the number of systems and number of places where you're transcribing things and you, you may introduce a misspelling you may end up yeah. um, leaving off a piece and it actually when you start talking about people with three four five systems like HR to IT to a couple of PACS systems and with multiple, multiple stakeholders it's not how many of the identities have errors. It's how many errors you have per identity as they start to accumulate. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, some of those are just nuisances, like, you know, I don't know, they, they spell my name wrong or, or, you know, demote me in my title. They never seem to promote me or, you know, as long as they pay me correctly, I think I don't complain about that too much, but then some of those have consequences. Um, you may see something where a person is duplicated they've they've changed jobs but we're not really sure is is this person in the marketing department the same person who previously was in sales so maybe we end up with two records two cards one of them is actually you know an orphaned record that doesn't belong to a person anymore
0: yeah yeah that makes sense so it's will reduce the burden on whoever's doing some of this administration ergo eliminating some of the errors to come about i mean just by human nature, you know, Mm -hmm. incidentally happens, but also really capturing what's happening, who's authorized this, which, you know, being able to track these things, these instances, these transactions, the wrong word, but these records over time allows us to now really focus those compliance efforts, really think about how we're capturing and codifying rules and controls and things like that is codified kind of the right word or we
1: it, like, it feels like there's got to be some way of doing that. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's back to our policy engine again, you know, it's, uh, okay. in this case, policy is typically, uh, considered the workflow, yeah. but the policy and the, the, the steps it's going to walk you through in a system like this is capturing, okay. In this area, who's the area owner? Is it a one step mm-hmm. approval or is it two or three steps? Perhaps your manager has to authorize before you can request it, the area owner has to grant it. You you may have different rules for different areas. For Mm -hmm. maybe a manufacturing area, you need to have the right safety training in place. For another area, it might be about insurance. For someplace else, it might be you're part of this team or you've gone through the correct approval process. And so you, you have a series of rules but it's gathering up the requirements so that we're. what we're doing is we're making sure we're enforcing the things we've written down. We've, we're enforcing yep. the rules that we've set for ourselves before we allow that <clears throat> to happen. And of course, now if I try to grant access outside of those rules, the system will stop and prevent that and ask if this is something you want to request from that approver rather than allowing you to just um, mm-hmm. accidentally grant access that's inappropriate.
0: Yeah, that seems like, um, you know, so, sort of unrelated to the pandemic. Actually, for once, you know, there's been a number of high-profile security incidences that have information and physical security teams scrambling. Really, probably at a global scale. But some of what you're talking about is also interesting because then it, you know, it's going to help those individuals comply with any number of governance requirements, in internal, external, but also implement something more least privilege oriented, which will probably also help from just a security footing over time. So really interesting to think about how access management's playing
1: that, that sort of role um, now. Yeah. And, and, and I think you're right. I mean, we are seeing this coming from uh, supplier agreements and other types mm-hmm. of, of things that as we, we partner with other companies, um, we need to tighten up our rules and make sure that, that we stick with them. I know that that we've been expanding our compliance program really rapidly over the last few years, um, but I, I do think we've seen things change. You know, before yeah. people used to think of security as as a little static. You know, I'm going to yeah. this person yeah. in this role has has these rights. They go to these places and their requests. They would come in from time to time, but for the most part, you know, a typical person isn't making. That many requests. I think in our systems we would see that maybe 30 to 40 percent of of people in a really dynamic company have an access request at all in any given calendar year. Well, okay. that's completely flipped, and part of that is is um, like you're saying, least access permissions, but also because the rules keep changing. So yeah, we're now actually seeing that it's not 30 to 40 percent of people; it's all people. The process of changes, the data that you want to collect before you grant access has flipped from, you know, safety training or insurance to health questionnaires and and vaccine Mm, records, things like that. And honestly, it's changing every six months. So um, where it used to be a a fraction of employees, it's, it's now everybody.
0: Yeah, well, and that brings us to the, maybe a topic for next time actually a couple of topics for next time uh, the, the dynamic nature of, of things is a, an interesting one to just kind of riff on maybe later but i also think it gets us to you know how is that made manifest in the plastic that i use to get into said building or into said cage or something to that effect so i think let's leave it at that i appreciate the chat don as always um enjoyed it so we'll leave it there thanks great. don yeah talk to you soon